Tech is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersections of technology and ministry. It is part of the podcast network sponsored by Wells, the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Our show today is hosted by Martin Spriggs and Sally Draper. Welcome back to Wells Tech, everybody. This is episode 716, and we're recording it on January 11th. That's a Thursday in 2024. I'm Martin Spriggs, and you've joined a show about technology and ministry and where those two intersect. And joining me as usual for another beginning of a new year, Sally Draper. Hello, Sally. Hello, Martin. Happy to be joining you because it's a sunny day here in Minnesota. We're fixing to plunge into the depths of mm-hmm. sub-zero temperatures, but God's given us sunshine today to enjoy. Still wearing um, the Christmas spirit, I see. Yeah, this is more of a winter. It's okay. got snowflakes on it, so it's in, gotcha. in honor Very of our snow. <laughs> Very appropriate, yes. <laughs> so speaking of red sweaters, I have a little AI to start your day off. You ready for that? Okay. I'm going to um, share my screen quick so that people watching will be able to see this. Um, I just learned this from my friend Matt Miller over at Ditch That Textbook, that um, with Microsoft Designer, which is kind of out in preview now, mm-hmm. you can actually um, share the prompts that you come up with. And so pressing get started and nothing exciting is happening, but I'd like to just generate. Yeah, I generated a tiger. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I came on and I prompted it with a prompt that someone had shared. It's pretty cool if I could make it work, but I'm not happening great. But anyway, it was for a Lego minifigure and you could fill in, you know, what you wanted to be wearing and what you wanted to be holding. So this is Sally, Wells Tech Sally with a yes, microphone in her hand. <laughs> and um, because it's You know, you're able to tweak it and everything. I had told it that I wanted to be wearing a red sweater, but when it generated, it generated me in overalls. And honestly, I don't own any overalls. So I thought I'll try this one more time and be more specific. I got a red sweater and I'm holding a computer this time. Um, I thought my hair was a little bit darker than that. So I had it redo and give me darker hair. And then finally, I settled on one with a microphone so there's Look a little ai to start 2024 sally as a minifig um <laughs> doing her duty as the wells tech uh co-host holding that microphone i so, like it red sneakers too that. red sneakers too actually interestingly in the prompt it says lego minifig okay so that came to me that way um but then I put in that I wanted to be wearing red Converse tennis shoes, and it would not accept that. It said that mm. that went against their policies. I had to take the word Converse out. Yeah, didn't like the brand name. Yeah, and so, but funny that it allows Lego. So then, taking it yeah. to the next step, another generative image software that it uses as a plugin in Canva which is very popular. And so I copied my prompt over to there to see what kind of uh, results I'd get there, if I'd get the exact same thing or what. And it didn't like the word Lego. So go figure. I just had mini figure in that one. And they did look- people got to get their act together. Yes. Yeah, looked a little different. That's funny. 
I'm learning all PF, about AI. Yeah, flyers in there, maybe that would have done it. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Showing our age. That's cool, Sally. I like that. Um, you're two. You're two weeks early. We're talking about AI in two weeks. Nice teaser. I think we're talking about AI this whole year, Martin. Just I think so. Getting used it's to a, it. It but. is the year of AI, so we'll that's see. pretty cool. I like that. So, can you? Uh, you probably could three D print all that now too. I probably could because we do have that capability. And um, actually, I already grabbed like a a transparent background because I had told it to put me in a park. I don't know if you noticed the background was kind of like mm -hmm. in a park, but I also grabbed a transparent background version of it so I can use it like as a sticker or something like that. So mm -hmm. all kinds of capabilities. Cool. I like yeah. it. I like <laughs> it. All right. Uh, unfortunately, the topic of today is not as uplifting, uh, at least to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> How's that for an intro? Gee, I really um, want to listen to this. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> stick with us. You know, we will talk about things that hopefully matter and resonate with everybody. But I came up with the idea, and I'll, you can blame me. Um, all of us probably wear more than one hat. And when you do that, you have different tools, files, emails, drives, uh, communication methods to handle your responsibilities wearing those different hats. So for instance, I am a Synod worker, chief technology officer. So hat one, hat two, I am a husband, father, son. Um, so I have a home, home domestic responsibilities. So that's another hat. I was recently elected president of our congregation, so I have a, another hat. And all of them come with um, questions about what tools to use and how to keep them all straight. Um, so I've got, I don't know how many Gmail accounts I have now. I think <laughs> I probably have six or seven. Uh, now that doesn't equate to every hat, but sometimes there's variations on those hats, so you need a couple. Um, how many Google drives do I have, um, or one drives, uh, on the Microsoft side, uh, the list kind of goes on and on bookmarks and so on and so forth. Sally, how many hats do you wear? I would venture to say I might wear more than you. Cause I think Maybe. I have double digits of Gmail accounts and I'm going to say probably more than 20, but I don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. That would be an interesting experiment. Um, some additional ones I was thinking of were related to family and extended family. So right. um, in my case, um, we have my mother and father-in-law with us and I need to be able to help them with technology. And so ultimately I set up a Gmail account that I have access to as well so that if they get stuck, I can jump in there and get into that account. Um, also serving on boards and things. In the past, I've been part of um, MLC's Ladies Auxiliary. I've been part of LWMS Reporters. I've been part of LWMS Communication Committee. I've been part of Treasure House Board of Directors. And I'm sure everyone listening can list off all those different things. I remember um, my husband being on a constitution review committee, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. the list goes on and on. You get to be part of these groups and then there's this new way of communicating and storing and 
accessing all the different things that those responsibilities come with. Yep. Um, so that's a challenge. Um, I think one of my primary challenges is they don't always fit into nice boxes. Sometimes they invade your day. Um, so it's not just a, I'm working in with this hat on from nine to five, and then I can put that hat on and then I can put that hat on. It, it kind of gets all commingled. Um, and you have to do this task switching, this communication switching, calendar switching, password switching kind of thing. And it just gets really complicated. And this kind of came to me because I just took on this uh, president responsibility. So I that came with two emails and all the historical information and a new set of contacts and all different kinds of calendar invites. And uh, the list goes on and on. And I doubt if there's anybody listening that can't relate to this in some way, shape, or form. And I think today, and it depends on situation, but I think for a lot of us, sometimes we're doing this on, let's say, the same phone or computer or iPad or whatever it is. You're not, uh, you don't have dedicated devices for all these functions. So you're trying to manage all this stuff on the same device uh, in the same browser sometimes. Uh, so it's, it's a challenge. So I think we've, we've, Raise the question. We've outlined the problem, Sally. Um, how do you manage all those hats technologically? I was going to ask our audience to resolve this for us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, okay, there's the question. Let's move on to our next topic. Right. I, I probably, my best answer to you, Martin, is not very well. I manage mm -hmm. it not very well, but I, I do... Um, definitely have those different challenges. I think when the phone came along, when even the, mm. you know, I think I started with an iPod touch um, and it allowed me to bring things together in one place. It was more, um, it was more flexible. It wasn't as rigid with mm -hmm. the rules of, of mashing things together. That was a pretty big deal for me. So I could see all my calendars in one spot or whatever. Um, and I, I think that's probably my preferred way rather than at a, a dedicated computer station because it mm -hmm. doesn't mash those things up as well. So that's probably my number one answer is that I, I rely on um, that logic that's part of the phone that combines things for me. Yep. Yep. I kind of compartmentalize some of these questions because they rear their ugly head uh, in different at different times for different functions. So passwords, logins is is usually one that I have to manage and bookmarks. I'll throw bookmarks in there too. How do I manage all of that? So we've talked about a couple of these tools that I use that have, that have certainly helped. So we use at least for my home stuff, I use one password. So that would be a light, yeah, that would be very difficult to manage all these different logins without something like that. And then it just kind of magically works for you on the phone or on the computer, whatever, if you've got it set up right. And then you can tag them and you can separate things and, and keep it managed pretty well. Now we do have 
uh, our own password manager at the Senate office, which is not one password. So uh, because we share passwords with with our coworkers uh, through that tool in a secure way. So it's not totally solved, but it, at least there's only two. Um, and then for mm-hmm. our uh, bookmarks, I've talked about, and I think this was one of my picks of the year last year, uh, Raindrop is something that allows me to really slice and dice all of my um, bookmarks and I can just uh, use that to get to where I need to go. So if I need to jump into, let's say, Church 360 for um, church work, so I need to to work in that database, or if I need to log into uh, Azure at, at the Synod office, you know, to do some uh, database work there or to do some server management, whatever. All those passwords are going to be in there and all those links are going to be at my disposal. So I'm not having to, to maintain um, separate ones. So I think those are the, the two kind of upfront ones to kind of get you into the right systems, uh, whether that's email or whatever. Uh, so those have helped me quite a bit. Yeah, I'm very parallel to you there, Martin. I use um, LastPass for my personal passwords mm-hmm. and then the Synod password and uh, Keeper as well. Um, I don't use Raindrop or a cloud tool to store my bookmarks at this point. At one time, I was really sold on Digo, and that was just totally where my brain was. And I could find anything I wanted through Digo, but mm-hmm. um, that kind of that ship sailed. And um, yeah. and that was quite a while ago now. And I honestly, I just rely on the in-browser bookmarks. Um, and I pretty much rely on those in Google Chrome. Um, and I log into my Chrome browser account on both my work and my home computer so I can get to those. Um, I typically use Edge on my work computer, but I was able to import those links mm-hmm. <laughs> from Chrome into Edge and they play nicely and stuff. So I'm pretty much I'm pretty dependent on that browser bar for for the happy links that I use day in and yep. day out. So you've got to you've kind of got your you got to get married to one browser typically, you know, across mm-hmm. these to make something like that work, which is fine. I've tried the different browser for different, you know, hats approach mm-hmm. which doesn't work i mean it works for a little while until you figure out oh now i've added a link here and oh no, i wanted to open are. that link you know it opened in the wrong browser and mm-hmm. yikes you know it's just a it's not worth it um all your and i decided on chrome because it's pretty rich chrome extension library so it adds some nice functionality to things like gmail and and those kinds of things that that make life a little bit easier and um yeah, so that's I think I think I'm with you there. Speaking of email, that is uh, I think that's an ongoing challenge. Uh, fortunately, most of the emails, not all, but most of the emails I have or I maintain are Gmail based, um, so that helps a little bit. But I'd say the web version of Gmail, if that's uh, what I think that's what most people use, it's not that easy to switch. <laughs> Uh, or maintain or get one kind of unified view of all emails. You have to use, which is interesting, uh, and I'm not sure why Google has done this, but their apps, let's say on the iPhone or the iPad, you can have an all inboxes view of all your of all your accounts. 
which is kind of nice. So no matter who's emailing you and what hat you're wearing, you can kind of see them all together. Um, but that's not the case in, in the web version, or at least I haven't found a way to do that. You have to physically switch which way you're logged in. Now they make it easier by clicking on your little icon in the upper right and picking the right account. But uh, I find that uh, not as good as kind of that unified view. How about you? Yeah, same problem here. 20 plus Google Gmail accounts um, with varied, you know, you don't want to miss something there, even if they are pretty slow to trickle in. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure you're monitoring them if they exist. Yep. Um, I go the route often of forwarding all the email to my my nor number one Gmail account. And right. I, I add tags and things as I do that. So I know that it's coming from different accounts. It's more obvious to That's me. That's a great idea. Um, I didn't think of that. Where it was um, sent from okay. and things like that. And so then in the rules, also, you add a tag. Yes, okay. exactly through the rules. And, you know, I can send it all to a certain folder or however I want to do that. But uh, typically do see somewhat of a mashup by doing that. Um, in my one account rather than having to switch. Um, the thing you want to be sensitive to, and you can also set this up, is that if you reply, you want to make sure it's sent from that account. Mm -hmm. And so you have to go through through some extra steps to set up the send from uh, side of that equation as well. So um, I do that for some of my more prominent accounts that I use more often or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, but that does kind of get me past that hurdle in the web view. Yep. Now, some of our Google Workspaces experts will have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you can attach Google Workspaces for Education to right. personal accounts, which is if the, your personal account is kind of your main one mm -hmm. and you're sending your work, you know, your workspace education uh, one to that, uh, then you have more of a you can't, I don't think you can do that. I mean, you can, mm -hmm. you can forward it, but you can't send as I think what, like what you were sure. talking about. So, sure. which um, maybe that's pretty appropriate to have mm -hmm. that line drawn yep. between um, so personal work. And I will say, it, right? yeah, I don't, send, I don't mix my work email with anything. My work email stands alone. It's out in the mm -hmm. field all on its mm -hmm. own. So, yep. Talk to me, Sally, about how you manage calendars. Calendars you got, you are got a things challenge to do as on well, all of them, right? <laughs> and it's the beginning of the year, and I love notebooks and calendars and all kinds of things like that. And I have been copying to multiple ones manually mm. with my pen and paper um, uh -huh. to get all the new uh, year things on them. So um, digitally, I would say again, Google Cal, and I can see my my different calendars there more of a mashup. So what you're saying, Gmail doesn't do for you, Google Cal does. You see a list, you can turn on and off which ones you want to see in the display of events. Um, you can easily add to any of them as you're adding events. It lists all the calendars you have permissions on. And so I would say Google Cal for the win there. And mm -hmm. again, that my work stuff stands alone. So if it's something personal that affects work, I've got to go manually add that to the work calendar. So if I have a doctor appointment, for instance, I've got to put that in two places, basically. Yep. Um, and then a third or fourth or fifth place if I'm maintaining a whole bunch of <laughs> paper and right. separate calendars. But yeah. I would say I, I would agree with you. Um, I kind of lean a little bit more on on my Mac's 
built-in calendar. This is one of the instances where I think Apple's product is 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 well crafted um, because it allows you to suck all of them in, regardless of whether they're Google or Outlook or whatever. And then what I found super helpful is color coding. So I've got a, a view of my calendar and by color. And depending on where I'm viewing it, whether it's a web or in an app or whatever, I've got to do some juggling to kind of make them all match. But so I've got a specific color for this hat and a specific color for that account and a specific color for that. And as long as I can keep those consistent, it's a lot easier for me to kind of understand, oh, this is that and this is this. So because the the calendar item could be a little bit ambiguous if you're not really clear who you're meeting mm -hmm. with and why and what the purpose of the meeting is. Oh, that's a church meeting or that's a work meeting or that's a family gathering or whatever it is. So you have to be careful mm -hmm. in how you mm -hmm. name it too. So I found that to be the best way to go. Yeah. Um, context goes right along with oh, those yeah. two tools, emails and calendars. I distinctly remember the iPod touch experience where I could bring in all my contacts to one place. And my mind was like <laughs> exploding because that was just so huge for me to see all of that in one place, maintaining it over yeah. time. It's kind of a black hole and mm -hmm. it just has a whole bunch of people that I don't have any it's contact messy. with anymore in there and stuff. So and that's duplicates. I see duplicates yeah. all the time. And yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's still something that needs to get fixed somehow in my solution. And, uh, I mean, you figure it out, but I, one of the things that Gmail does a good job of when you're in the right account, it will bring up, you know, the people that you've emailed before. So you're, mm -hmm. you're pretty much going to find them. It's got pretty good predictive um, typing. So if you start it with the name that you're after, you can usually bring up the right email address at least. So mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. How about task management, Sally? What do you do for that? Do you maintain one list, multiple lists? Same program. You you use Trello for work. Yeah, thanks for helping prompt me there. Actually, <laughs> I was thinking more like um, you recently talked about the to-do function mm -hmm. Microsoft that Microsoft to has. Yep. And I put that on my phone and I really haven't followed through like I want to. It does nag me. I mainly put personal things in there like, you know, this weekend you've got to pay bills or whatever and put mm -hmm. that on a cycle and things like that. And it does remind me of some of those things, but honestly, yeah, at work, we have Trello, we have Azure DevOps, we have so many ways to keep up with things. I keep up with things in my mind and that's probably not <laughs> the best answer. And yes. uh, David Allen's rolling over in his grave, even though uh, he's not dead and no. all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it's my mind. That's the answer to the task management. What about okay. you, Martin? Mine's a mess too. <laughs> um, but had, we had a whole, we had a whole episode on task management when I was up in the, in your neck of the woods. And I think I was pretty happy there where I talked about Microsoft to do, which I'm still using, mm -hmm. but I basically use three task managers at this point. I use Microsoft to do for tasks that don't involve anybody else. So just singular things that I need to do primarily for work. And then we use Trello for group tasks or project tasks so that we can share notes and updates and that kind of stuff. And then I use Google tasks for everything else, uh, church tasks, personal tasks, because it works so nicely with you know, many of my tasks come via emails. So I want an easy way to get an email into a task. 
and Google Tasks is the best way to do that. So I forgot about my other task manager as Post-it Notes. Yeah, uh -huh. I use that a lot too. Post-itnotes.com. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really don't I rely on task managers as much as I probably should. Yeah, but. I've found that with uh, especially the president work, well, I'd say across the board, don't, the my mind usually is the the personal task manager, you know, the the honeydew list and that kind of stuff. Well, that's probably not a good idea either. But I really couldn't survive without writing some of this stuff down. So, and it's kind of nice to being able being able to attach a task to a, an email, so mm -hmm. it's uh, it works out better that way. Actually, one more thought on that, and that is not technology so much, but a. Uh, framework for operating and that is we do have daily meetings a daily mm -hmm. check-in where we talk as a team um we it's from the scrum methodology to have these daily check-ins and that really kind of sets my task for the day and maybe i just make a quick list or whatever or just remember because um it's really in the moment, at least for work, where you've got to, you know, decide what what three things am I going to accomplish today or whatever. And mm -hmm. having um, a team to regularly talk through that, hear what other people are stuck on and maybe you need to jump in and help with or whatever. Um, I think that's probably one of my best task managers. Yep, yep, yep. So we didn't really provide much of a solution for our listeners, although we kind of warned them at a time that this was not a solution type of conversation. But I would be really curious about what our listeners have done, you know, in their struggles or maybe their successes to figure figure all this stuff out. Because we talked about a lot of things and a lot of things we didn't talk about that kind of crop up, you know, along the way from instant messaging to, you know, all kinds of different stuff that um, doesn't fit nicely if you got uh, a lot of different um, areas of interest or areas of focus or areas of responsibility, per se. So uh, let us know how you guys have figured this out or the things that you also are thinking about as well. I think that'd be a nice, good, ongoing conversation. I don't know if AI is going to help us here, but uh, maybe somebody's got a good AI solution for this too. So. I actually was thinking of another area where there's challenges, and that is our home management, our smart home management. Oh, yeah. um, Kevin's the one that set up the thermometer, and it's a Nest thermometer outside of um, the Amazon world. And I set up everything else on my Amazon account for my friend Alexa. And so mm -hmm. if it needs management, there's two different people that are involved in managing our home electronics and stuff. Yeah. So the, it, the list goes on and on. It would be nice to just kind of like start clean, you know, and do it wisely, mm -hmm. but we've got this long digital trail behind us and it, it's not easy to do that. So. Even if you start clean, it's kind of like buying a new car. Eventually it's going to get dirty. <laughs> it's not going to have that new car smell anymore because it's, mm -hmm. life happens. And I think that's mm -hmm. the case here too. So. Yeah, let us know what you think. I would love to hear some feedback on this particular topic. That's one of the reasons I brought it up. So, all right, Sally, let's move along in our agenda, so to speak, here. Uh, ministry resource. Yeah, we have a neat ministry resource, something new that our friends at Northwestern Publishing House are doing this year. Um, and they're leveraging a digital cloud-based tool to do it. Um, they have set up an NPH book club. 
And uh, the idea is that they'll discuss Christian books and grow in faith together. Um, they share conversation starters and discussion questions and things like that to seed the conversation. And um, just announced this this fall, and already they have almost 70 people that are part of this book club, and they're using the goodreads.com format or uh, platform is the word I wanted to use to do that. So if you already have a Goodreads account, it's really easy to click the button and join the book club. Um, there is like an approval process. So it's a private club. They want to kind of vet who gets in that kind of thing. Um, the book that they're reading is called the story of God's love. It's a summary of the Holy Bible and uh, what better way to start your year than in the summary of the Holy Bible. So, and actually today I just found out that they're giving away a copy of the book. So if you don't have it yet, you might want to enter this giveaway. Um, you just have to put in your email address and name and uh, it lasts until the 15th. So that's coming up pretty quickly. So if you want to be part of that, make sure you go over, we'll have a link in the show notes. Um, like I said, they're, they're providing all the background stuff for you to have uh, great conversations in the book club, read along with others and and discuss. Um, they're they're going to give you weekly prompts and things like that. So that's our ministry resource for this week. Very nice. Like it. All right. Time for our picks of the week. So let's see what Sally brought to the table today. What did I bring to the table? Well, I thought it was a good idea to remind folks about a Facebook group, again, you can be part of a group um, that I actually started um, several years ago. I think this is my fifth year of doing this. Uh, it's named Write It Down. And the concept is that you would get a Bible verse, a set of passages or whatever um, that you write down in your journal each day. And it, during that process of writing it down, you're meditating on the word and and it's speaking to your heart. Maybe you're you're memorizing it or whatever you choose to do. Um, some people like to journal and make their journals really beautiful and things like that. So it just depends on how you want to use these verses. Um, I take the verses from the current uh, Christian worship three-year cycle of verses that are part of um, each week's worship. And so as you're writing the verses, you're actually preparing for the coming Sunday's worship um, by being in the word on those verses that you're going to hear in church and that you're going to hear a sermon around in church. And so just a really neat opportunity to do that. Um, we have 200 plus people that are out there um, in the word and you don't have to journal if you don't want, even though the name of it is write it down. You can just um, read the passages for the day. I actually um, post them each day. So they're out there on the site. So the the list of passages comes out once a month, but then you can um, read them each day. If you want, you can show a picture of what you journaled. Um, it's totally up to you, but it's write it down. It's on Facebook and we'll have a link in the show notes. Um, if you'd like to join us and journal God's word. Excellent. I had not been a part of this, but I asked to be a member. I don't know if I've been approved yet, so hopefully the the administrator will let me in. But that's an awesome thing, uh, which ties nicely to my pick of the week, uh, which is where I would desire to write it down. And that is a iOS app, or actually it's cross-platform now, called Good Notes. Sally, I think you've talked about Good Notes in the past. Mm -hmm. I have, I have been on a couple of different apps that allow for digital note-taking. 
I had been a big fan of Notability, but I recently switched to Good Notes for a couple reasons. They added some nice features that had really been annoying me about Notability. And basically, this is a an iPad app, something that you you know you use on a tablet with a writing instrument. Uh, allows you to um, basically write like you're writing on a piece of paper. Uh, the two big uh, kind of killer features that kind of had me switch were the ability to circle to select, so you can actually draw a circle around something that you either want to delete or move. Uh, so you draw a circle, then you tap on it, and you can can move it. Otherwise, you know, like Notability, you've got to get the lasso tool, and it's so you're you're switching all over the place, and it's not quite as convenient. And uh, even a better feature, scribble to erase. Mm -hmm. um, now with the Apple Pencil, you can kind of double tap it to go to the eraser and double tap it to go back. But I find that to be a little inconsistent. It just makes more sense to just scribble something out and it disappears, which is an awesome feature. Uh, I wish Notability would have figured that out too. But uh, there are a couple other good things I like about uh, Good Notes. I kind of like the page, single page model. Notability is this endless um, uh, stream of pages. Actually, there's not a start and a finish usually. It goes vertically, you scroll and scroll and scroll. With Good Notes, it's got that comfortable notebooky feel where you can add a page, add a page. You can theme your pages, templates, um, delete pages, etc. cetera. Uh, I like that a little bit better, I think, than the endless page that Notability provides. And I mentioned Notability. There's others as well, but Notability and Good Notes, I think, are the two big ones. Excellent search and spell search. And they have AI now who doesn't have AI built in where thinks you uh, mean one word, but uh, you wrote something else or you misspelled it. It will uh, highlight that. You can you can correct it that way. Um, but uh, searching is really big when you're doing a lot of this and you have a lot of notes. You want to be able to find what you wrote before. Uh, great uh, camera integration, so you can take pictures of of documents and and annotate them, which is a big use of mine. So, for instance, I'll go into a Bible class and I will take a picture of the printed material uh, that is handed out usually, and I'll take notes right on that. So now I've got the material and my own notes in it. So that's kind of nice. Uh, it's price wise, it's fairly inexpensive by by app standards, 10 bucks a year uh, gets you all the features. There is a free version, which limits you to three notebooks, fairly limiting. Um, but the 10 bucks a year will get you all the versions on all the platforms. So it comes on iOS, Android. They've recently released a web version, which is kind of nice, um, and a Windows version. So you've got the ability to, to have this on whatever platform you want. They don't have the syncing quite down yet because you can't sync the Android to the iOS. Most people don't have two different devices. But um, So I tried that out, and it's not quite ready yet. But uh, I think that price tag is, is fairly reasonable. And um, anybody looking to, you know, do a little bit more digital handwriting. I think GoodNotes is a good place to start. That's my pick of the week. All right. Disclosure time. I came to write in my pick of the week, which was going to be my new calendar and GoodNotes. 
And someone had already claimed good notes. So how about that? We're in lockstep. And so I have a a few things to add to all that you just said, which is really an awesome review. I'm super excited about um, the Windows syncing and stuff, but it does have a little asterisk sync between Apple and Android Windows coming Mm -hmm. soon. So it's not that they aren't doing it, but it's not fully baked yet. So um, the other thing I'll say, and and it's mentioned on the website, is that I actually have GoodNotes 5, which I paid for in full. There was no yearly license prior to GoodNotes 6. It was a flat rate. And so um, by going to GoodNotes 6, I would be making the decision to go to this yearly rate Mm -hmm. of $10 a year. Very affordable. I don't disagree there, but it just seems kind of like a little bit of a bait and switch that now. Yeah, I heard some some, uh, complaints online about that. Yep. Mm -hmm. But it does give you a lot more capabilities. The two you mentioned, Circle to Select, they had a a lasso tool (laughs) in GoodNotes Mm -hmm. 5. So um, I don't have that capability. And also the scribble to erase. So some of those new things um, definitely aren't there in GoodNotes 5. Another one that um, you didn't mention, but typically you have to go between the two modes. Either you're like viewing your document or you're editing your document. And there's two different toolbars involved. And it's kind of a pain because especially with these, um, like the the yearly calendar app that I bought or download that I bought, it's basically a glorified PDF. It has a whole ton of hyperlinks in it. And I'll be writing and I'll want to go somewhere different and I don't remember to switch to the view mode. And I believe GoodNotes 6 handles six that doesn't have that. Yeah, it's right. all, you're always in edit mode. Yeah. And so um, that would be pretty huge because I'm constantly writing little things on my, where the hyperlinks <laughs> are and having to erase them because I didn't right. mean to write there. I wanted to click there and go on the hyperlink. So I can see the value of upgrading and I'm kind of on the fence right now about that just because I paid for this once already, but um, great tool. And I, I love using it for all the reasons you've mentioned, Martin. Yep. And, you know, you could type notes and I've done that for years and, you know, you open up a Google doc or a word doc or whatever, your note taking app, whatever, but there is something about taking handwritten notes, you know, especially in meetings where you're um, I think you're, a little bit more in the zone. You're paying a little bit more attention when you're typing. You tend to just kind of transcribe what's going on versus taking handwritten notes. You're picking and choosing. Um, you can diagram stuff. There's a lot more flexibility, draw lines, circles, you know, whatever. Um, I think it just, I think it's a better learning uh, participation experience when you, when you take digital notes and, one of the big barriers to taking digital notes with a pen or whatever was, well, you you can't find anything because when you type stuff, you could search. But now, uh, the search tools in in Notability and Good Amazing. Good Notes are, I don't know how they do it, but especially with my handwriting, they figure it out. So, <laughs> they do. Um, this, this, the spell check is kind of cool because it will replace your word with kind of a rough estimate of what your handwriting looks like it's actually <laughs> a little bit better version but uh, they do kind of mimic the style a little bit so pretty cool that's pretty good yeah um what you were saying just reminded me of one of my very favorite places to take notes and that's sermon notes 
Um, Mm -hmm. I've done that consistently for many years. It engages me with the sermon. It keeps me on track with what they're saying. But I definitely do that mental translation stuff as I'm listening. I'm writing something different than what he says word for word. Um, And so um, I do love the flexibility of writing sermon notes. And I've done that in Good Notes actually integrated with my calendar because I can add pages and do whatever I want. It's kind of a blank slate. The only limitation would be how much storage you have on that, that device, but Mm -hmm. I haven't run into that as a problem. Yep. Yep. All right. Very good. Let's move on Sally to community news and feedback. Talk about late breaking news. We want to make mention that our friends at Church 360 are having a webinar next Tuesday, January 16th, 1 to 2 p.m. Central Time, because they're located in St. Louis, Missouri. And it's a free webinar. You can go out to the link we provide in the show notes and sign up. Um, And I say late breaking because I just got an email about this about an hour before the show started. And so I wanted to make sure that we included this here. Um, If you've been using Church 360 for a while, this may be just what you need to spark some new ideas and uh, more efficient or best practice kind of uses of areas of the software that you haven't fully explored and that kind of thing. So um, an hour of your time if you're a Church 360 user, and I would bet you'll pick up something good from this uh, webinar. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next up, we just want to make mention of the Wells Tech Google Group. All kinds of conversations happening out there all the time. And what's cool about it is you're tapping into 200 plus people who care about technology and ministry and have experience with it. And so you almost always are guaranteed to get responses to questions you put out there. Um, A couple that recently came across to Wells Tech specifically, Um, someone was looking for WordPress help. Um, Someone else was just like, how do I get started? What should be my focus in, you know, changing the church technology scene here in a new call or whatever? And uh, this platform is a really great place to ask those kind of questions. And especially because Martin and I definitely don't have all the answers, we're, we're able to chip in and and often do, you know, add things to the conversation. But this way, you're you're tapping into a much larger audience. Um, Martin, you put a post out there just recently. Yep. What was that one about? Yeah, I was looking for advice or at least feedback on what congregations are using for mobile app development. Um, I ran across an application through a support ticket I was responding to uh, called Aware 3, which could look kind of cool. Uh, Final Web has a, a mobile app component too. And I was wondering what other congregations are using right now for if they do create mobile apps what they're using. Have they found something that uh, is useful to them? And maybe we would do a show on that uh, if we get some good feedback. Rob Gunther, I think, responded to me directly with some of his feedback, but I would, uh, we've got over 200 people on that list. So I'm hoping that somebody's got some, uh, some experience with that. And if you're not on the list, you know, it's, it's not that you're inundated with emails. It's, uh, you know, once or Two, two times a month, maybe. Um, so go to our show notes page, wellstech.wells.net. And at the top, there's a little icon with three heads on it, I think. Uh, just <laughs> click on that. That'll get you to the Google group and you can request membership. 
And usually within 24 hours, we will approve that. And then you can take part in that discussion. So excellent. take, take advantage of that. We'd love to have more people in it. Mm-hmm. One more mention and community feedback. And this comes from our friend, Matt Miller over at Ditch That Textbook. He highlighted that Google has a Google Forms cheat sheet. Um, those of you that haven't done Google Forms before, or even those that have, might benefit from checking this out. Um, Google Forms is super easy to get going with, but sometimes the icons maybe aren't speaking to you <laughs> and you don't quite know what <laughs> clicking here might do. And so this just kind of walks you through very simply the screenshots and numbered areas of the screen as to how to um, customize your form, preview your form, set up options for responding, like what shows on the screen after they submit the form, a little thank you message from you or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then how to share that form, either sending it by email or getting a link to it, whatever you want to do. And then finally, after people have used your form and submitted things, how you get those responses. Can you look at them in the form? Do you have to go somewhere else to see that? Um, It walks you through all of that really quick and simple. Um, I would say Google Forms is one of those things like, um, you know, documents and spreadsheets that you really should have in your arsenal to make use of. Um, Super easy to do, not just Google Forms, but forms in general, Um, polling people, and for various reasons, or even quizzing people, because you can have it um, check answers and things like that, um, can be very powerful as you're trying to do the work of the Lord. So check out Google Forms Cheat Sheet. Excellent. Like it. Very well done. All right, Sally, we are going to do this again in a few weeks, uh, and it will be a education technology-focused show. And uh, as we've mentioned AI is kind of our topic. We're going to ask uh, Rachel Feld and Jason Schmidt to join us again to talk about the AI Classroom book that we're reading along together, parts uh, part three, chapters six and seven, all about prompts. You mentioned prompts at the beginning of the show, and that's, that's right. kind of the the uh, the big deal. That's what makes AI go is is asking it the right questions, giving it the right information, so it gives you what you're looking for. So we're going to be talking about that next time when we meet up with Rachel and Jason. So Sally, I think that's going to about do it for this week's show. We're so happy that uh, you took some time to listen to the end, uh, listen to our moaning and complaining. Um, Hopefully you've got some solutions and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So go to wellstech.wells.net and let us know what you think. Um, So good to have you. We will talk to you next time. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.